0: Hi, my name is Allie Jack and I am a quality compliance and continuous improvement manager in Central Iowa, and you are listening to the Whisper Loud Podcast, where we give folks a seat at the table to have candid conversations on careers and decisions faced by women in seed production. In the words of Martin Luther King Jr., find a voice in a whisper. Welcome to
1: another episode of the Whisper Loud podcast, where we have candid chats about career progression, motivation, reservations, and those tough decisions or moments faced by women in seed production. Hello, I am Bella Jacobson, and I'm a plant production manager at a commercial corn manufacturing facility in Waco, Nebraska. With me today, I have a couple of my co hosts that I would like to have introduce themselves.
0: Hey everybody, my name is Quincy Olenek. I'm a production manager at a commercial corn facility in Central East Illinois.
2: Good morning, everyone. My name is Mark Giovannini. I'm currently serving as an Organizational Readiness Coordinator. And today with us, we have Sarah Gillum, who is the Western Soybean Manufacturing's Director, where she has responsibilities for safety, quality, operations, and people development for four soybean manufacturing facilities west of the Mississippi. Sarah has spent the last 15 years holding various roles across product supply, including operations team lead, distribution planner, strategic accounts operations manager, and manufacturing site lead. Prior to working within the crop science business, Sarah has spent time with business to business sales and retail store management. Sarah holds a bachelor of science degree in marketing. Originally growing up on a small livestock farm in Southern Illinois, Sarah, her husband, and her two Black Lab puppies, Gus and Gertie, live just south of the St. Louis area today. Some of her hobbies include working out, smoking meats, baking sweets, and traveling to the beach, or just spending time with friends and family. Sarah, we are so excited for you to be here in this episode. We are really going to try and give our listeners tangible advice for dealing with their insecurities doing hard things first, and flexing their natural style to achieve results. So I cannot wait for the conversation. Before we get into the intro question, is there anything else that you'd like to add on about yourself?
3: Uh, Nothing to add on, but sure, uh, happy and excited to be here. So thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, Sarah, we're extremely happy to have you with us. And we're going to kick it off with a very expected question. what is something you would never whisper, but you would always shout from the rooftops? Yeah, so something that um,
3: I would never whisper and always shout from the rooftops um, is um, do what is right and good because the good will always prevail. And um, what I mean by that, hopefully folks that maybe know me um, or have worked with me on a team um, have heard me say that in the past and you know, we're faced um, every day, not only like in our personal and our professional lives with decisions that we have to make. And sometimes um, those decisions are faced with maybe some emotion that we have on the situation, and so I just think that if we can lead our decision-making with what is good and right, the good will always prevail. So always err on the side of doing what's good and what you would want to be done, and that will never lead, lead you astray.
0: I love that. I think that's a really good thing to think through and do what is right and good, and good will always prevail. I really like that. Thanks for sharing that. So we're going to kick it off And, you know, Mark called out in your bio that you started out in business to business sales and retail management before joining production. And I feel like oftentimes in a production environment, we have folks that started and maintained a career path in that industry. So can you elaborate on your journey and how you navigated your career path that led you from the customer service realm to production?
3: Sure. Um, Yeah, as I was kind of reflecting on my career journey, it's sort of interesting kind of how I've uh, gone down the different paths. And, um, you know, I've always been a bit of a gypsy. um, So a little personal information about me, my parents are divorced. um, And I spent some time both living with my mom and my dad uh, between Illinois in Missouri. So um, never really stayed in one place for a long period of time. Even when I went off to college, um, you know, I came home one summer, but then also stayed up at school for a summer after college, moved to St. Louis um, and kind of had always only spent um, a little bit of time in one place. And so I think some of that, that's sort of how I've grown up has applied to like my career where I've always sort of been um, open to try new things. And so um, as you mentioned, I started um, my degrees in marketing. So you'd think um, maybe sales or advertising or something would be where I would start. But in college, I waited tables, um, which is really got where I got my first introduction into customer service. Um, And so through that, I, you know, had an opportunity right out of school to go into a retail management position where I did some training and then eventually became a store manager and a district manager and that's really where I got my introduction um, and kind of love for customer service and customer experience. That company that I work for really empowered you to run the store um, as it was your own, but then also um, know that the customer is really what makes things kind of, it's why we're in business, right? And so that experience that I gained um, has really kind of traveled with me in, in my entire career, no matter what role or group that I've been in. Um, If I fast forward to when I became part of the, you know, a crop science business, um, I started with the company um, in that customer service space, but back to my, uh, where I started the conversation about kind of being a bit of a gypsy and sort of open to other things, um, you know, I had the opportunity to sit in a role that gave me experience interacting with other parts of product supply. And so through that, I was able to make some connections and start asking some other groups about what opportunities were available. And since I was, you know, willing to try things new and different, um, it kind of opened up um, some doors for me. Additionally, you know, if I think about you know, oftentimes to the comment about, you know, folks staying um, within like one part of product supply for a while, um, you know, I think sometimes we tend to have that, well, this is kind of what I know, and so like I'm going to just continue to to build off of what I know, but if we really kind of take a step back and think about some of those higher level skills that you develop no matter what role or organization you're in, you can take those um, wherever you go throughout your career and so um, maybe to kind of wrap it all up if I think about like where I've been from like um, you know being open to try new and different things um, coupled with like experiences that I've learned um, throughout the roles that's kind of where I've started in customer service but then now I'm here in manufacturing and um all the things that I've learned along the way have been able to be applied no matter where I am um, and um, gives me different perspective too um, when when I get into those those different roles.
2: Sarah I think you you may have already answered my question a little bit in that last response but I'm going to try and peel back the onion a little bit further and so if you're anything like me, sometimes you struggle with imposter syndrome or insecurities when you're trying something new. And so, when you think about how you transferred businesses or roles multiple times throughout your career, you know, how did you overcome your own secu- insecurities of not knowing things so deeply when you entered into a role? Like maybe the subject matter experts in that space might. So, for example, You know, when you went from a customer service role into the site lead position, completely different um, business setting, completely different work environment. Um, How did you navigate that?
3: Yeah, so uh, definitely agree, Mark. I um, also suffer um, at times with imposter syndrome and um, you tend to kind of go through peaks of that when you do completely change, you know, the realm of responsibility or group that you're in. So I've felt that um, quite a bit as I've navigated different organizations. Um, a couple things that I think about that have kind of helped me overcome that is um, one, being humble. And when you go into a new organization, um, just letting that organization know like where you've been, what your experiences are, and where you do have subject matter expertise. So it may not necessarily be how to do a specific item, transaction, or process, but it could be something higher level like, hey, I've had lots of opportunity and experience with developing teams or I've had the opportunity to really refine my skills in project management. And so really, Being humble and coming forward with, hey, I know today that what you know what is happening here from a specific process or procedure. I'm not the expert, but here's where I feel like I can contribute and provide value, and just being humble about that. Also, too, I recently, um, I don't know if it was a reading a book or um, if I was listening to a podcast or something, but you know, there was something within that about imposter syndrome, syndrome where it's your internal voice that's telling you that it's not anybody else. Um, So something that I heard through that that I'm trying to apply even now is like shutting that internal voice down right like hey something in myself is telling me like hey you're not the expert here or people don't believe what you're saying or you don't have the experience that you need and you just need to like recognize that like hey I hear you internal voice but. I know better than that because I have these other things that I am good at and have good experience in. And that's why I'm here in this role.
1: That's really awesome, Sarah. And I really enjoy um, that perspective. And just like you, you you know, you kind of mentioned, you know, being humble um, about it and really knowing, you know, where your seat is at at the table. Um, One thing that I would like, you know, to have you expand on is kind of talk about being the subject matter expert and, you know, knowing, knowing your insecurities and, and being able to navigate the imposter syndrome, how have you utilized, you know, and challenged yourself to stretch, you know, some of your personality traits and styles, knowing that maybe you're not the dominant personality um, in the room, but you've used that, you know, to kind of show that as your strength.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> well, first, I'll just say that I tend to really dig in and maybe even kind of geek out a little bit in like those personality type assessments, whether that's like MBTI or Working Genius or DISC or anything like that. So, um, I do like those for a couple of reasons. One, it helps me understand me myself better and kind of what my strengths and maybe opportunities are, but then also too, when you do those in a team setting, it helps you also understand those that you're working with as well. So what are their strengths and what makes them tick? And so as I think about like how I've um, utilized maybe some of my own opportunities or how I've used those type of assessments, it's been more recognizing where I have an opportunity Um, So, hey, I may not be good in this space, so I know that I have an opportunity. For instance, by nature, I am an introvert, um, so I know that I have to work a little bit harder at um, speaking up, inserting myself in a room full of extroverts, as an example. But I also um, have utilized those type of tools to take a little emotion out of things as well, so Oftentimes when we are opposites in our personalities or how we make decisions or how we approach our work, we feel a bit of a rub there, right? Because it's different. It's different than my style or we don't necessarily align, but like having that understanding of your colleagues or your peers or your team and that that's how they're built, that's how they think, that's how they're made. It it takes a little bit of that kind of personal out of it so that if it is different, Um, you don't necessarily feel that. So I'll kind of, again, go back to the introvert, extrovert example. Like if I know that I'm the only introvert on the team, And I have four other people that are extroverts. You know, tactics that I've used in the past um, is, hey, if we're going to have a meeting, let's send out the agenda beforehand so that maybe people that um, need some time to, like, digest that information have the opportunity to do that. So it's not only, like, advocating for myself and what my style is, but it's also then helping educate you know your colleagues as well about what you might need. Or two, you know, when you're find yourself in a situation where you're you're kind of uh, different in philosophies. It's stepping back and saying, okay, I know this particular colleague um, tends to appreciate conflict. As an example, where maybe I'm more of an avoider. So it's not again that this person is trying to be completely different or or combative with me. It's just how it's just their style. So being able to like recognize that and sort of reflect on that as you go into like different situations really um, has helped me in the past.
0: So Sarah, given that this is, you know, a podcast that we like to focus on women in seed production and give them some advice and things of that nature, um, we've talked about a lot of things so far with your answers around different tools that you've used and how to overcome being uncomfortable in certain situations or environments and how to be successful. And I do know that you have a lot of mentoring and coaching experience across various levels. So could you maybe kind of unpack and pull some themes that you find yourself coaching others on, and maybe specifically women? Yeah, you bet you know if I reflect on
3: some um coaching and mentoring conversations over the last um, couple years, The themes that stick out the most to me are, one, like, how do you um, come in and establish trust in yourself as a leader in a new team or organization? And then probably the other theme um, is very much kind of linked to that, is how do you influence um, whenever you are new to the team um, as well? So as I think through kind of those two themes of what I've heard um, over the last few years, um, the things that I try to coach and help folks focus on um, is not so much that they're not that subject matter expert, but to focus on, you know, the reason why they were hired for the role or brought into the team. And it's really those um, strengths that they bring Um, that aren't necessarily like process specific but that are those like transferable skills and experiences that they've learned along the way and why they're really that's why they were really hired so um, just having them keep that top of mind as they you know work themselves into a new team or organization and then from an influencing perspective um, I feel like some of the the tactics that I've used and helped coach on is um, similar to kind of what we talked about in knowing yourself and what your strengths are and then also potentially like what your new team or colleagues and like what makes them tick, right? And so um, if you can have kind of that understanding um, going into that new team or organization, um, those types of things are what help you then Learn how to, you know, influence in a new situation or setting. So those are kind of the two two themes that kind of come top of mind. Um, and I think we all, no matter um, what level of a role that we're in, probably have, you know, those types of um, situations that we find ourselves in in our careers.
2: The next thing that I've been thinking about that I want to ask you um, is something that I've heard you say multiple times over the years as I've worked around you and so I have to know you have to expand more on the saying that you're known for eat your live toad for breakfast what does that mean
3: (laughs) yeah it's interesting um So, first of all, I have to say that, like, I'm not taking credit for this uh, saying or what it even means behind it. Um, So, I had a um, boss. um, My first job out of college was in retail management, um, and I had a, a manager at the time tell me, eat your live toad first thing in the morning." And actually, when I did a little research on that, he didn't even make that up. I didn't know that, but it actually comes from uh, Mark Twain. Um, so if anybody's interested, you can Google Google that and probably get uh, quite a bit more in-depth um, answer than what I'm going to give. But basically, what he was trying to teach me at that time was when you have a task or something that either is difficult for you because you're not good at it or you're not motivated to do it because it's not just something that you enjoy, um, do that first thing uh, when you're like fresh. And so eat your live toad. If you got something that um, that uh, you're struggling or you just don't want to do, do it first thing and then you can check it off your list and move on. And the rest of the day is uh, all smooth sailing from there.
0: I need that on a sticky note on my desk really bad. <laughs>
3: It's funny. I was reading a little bit up on, you know, where it came from. Like I mentioned, it's, it comes from Mark Twain. And one of the things that I saw was like, if you have two live toads that you have to eat, which we all know that we have lots of things that we um, have to do throughout our day-to-day careers, eat the big one first. Um, So that's the, that's the part two of what hopefully I'll be known for now.
1: (laughs) I think that's great. And I agree with Quincy. I feel like I need to get that wrote down and it on a sticky note so I'm not procrastinating some of those mundane tasks but as we wrap up today I just wanted to thank you Sarah Um, this has been really great and really great to unpack um, you know some of these conversations and how you've kind of navigated your career path and in sitting here today um, with us so thanks again um, and thanks for being a champion for diversity and inclusion uh, being a mentor and being a leader for the countless women that we have in seed production One thing I guess I would like to ask um, as we kind of round out today, are there any words of wisdom or aspiration that you would like to leave the listeners with today? Um, Two
3: things. Maybe I'll just uh, take this opportunity to again say thanks for uh, allowing me to join this group and thanks for what you guys are doing through this podcast. Um, If I were to leave some words of wisdom to the listeners, it would be, um, don't be afraid to, you know, take some risks and uh, be open to new and challenging things because that oftentimes um, is where you feel the most growth and development and sometimes even opens up opportunities for you that you didn't know um, were out there. So don't be afraid to take some risks.
1: I love that. All right. I think that wraps it up. Thank you, Sarah. And we appreciated having you uh, as a guest on our Whisper Loud podcast today.